and welcome to the Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing early for us on Wednesday morning. And there is a reason why we're doing it Wednesday morning instead of yesterday and posting it today. And that's because Mark J. Spears from Manscaped is joining us from Washington, D.C. And Mark, first off, thank you for coming on early in the morning. I saw you got your big cup of coffee there. But you know what? Um, I always come on early in the morning. It just it, different area. You know what? You are right. Just depends on where I am. Right. This time it's early for me, too. Yeah. Um, you're in D.C. because you went to the White House with the Warriors yesterday. Um, out of all the things to do in the NBA that you have a chance to do with the NBA teams, I've done them all. Yeah. Um, except for going to the White House. The teams that I've covered who have gone, it's never worked out schedule-wise. So I don't know how many times you've gone. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting experience. I just want you could if you could tell us a little bit about the day. Well, it's interesting you say that too because my high school basketball coach, uh, Dennis Fernandez, like he texted me this morning and um, he's a veteran. And he was like, wow, wow, you got the first well, – and then yet on Monday, let me preface it by saying on Monday I went to a MLK Day in D.C. and I got to meet uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s son. Talked to him a little bit, take a picture with him. But, yeah, and then another buddy of uh, mine, Jason Allen, he's like uh, – like, so it's interesting. The reaction of other people showed me how big it was. He's like, is that the biggest thing you ever did? And my mom even texts me, and she don't say nothing. She's like, wow, I'm so proud. I'm like, okay, what I got to do yesterday was pretty cool, right? And um, Right, right. So What a week for you. And then on Wednesday, the Hoop Collective. My God, what a week. I know. And I went to a wedding in um, Jackson Hole, Wyoming over the weekend. I did see that. I saw that on the socials. Yeah. Uh, I also saw you wearing a cowboy hat. Brian, can I tell you something? Never thought I would like it. Something about putting that hat on, man, just felt different. <laughs> you were posing too. Yeah, you were posing, man. You. <laughs> you I had my flask. Like happy... <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, the wedding was outdoors, so they gave us a uh, shout out to Kyle and Brynn. They they gave us a flask of whiskey. How can you? <laughs> how can you not get in the mood when you you got a cowboy hat in Wyoming outside with a flask of whiskey in January? In January, come on, man. How All cold needed, was it? It was twenty eight. It wasn't bad to me because it wasn't windy. But how Michael, many people? Michael Eves the- could have sworn it was like an Arctic freeze out there, man. He's being really, <laughs> really dramatic the whole time. How many people in America? <clears throat> are in Wyoming on the weekend and at the White House on Tuesday. I mean, you know what I'm saying? obviously I'm sure it's well, happened, hey. but it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a normal, it's not a normal week. No, <laughs> you know? no, 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 it's not. And I really appreciate it and I'm honored by it. And, but, but to go to the White House, it was um, certainly probably up there. You know, I've covered the Olympics. I've gone to the Basketball Africa League in Senegal. Um, I went with the Kings and Pacers to India, but like, as you walk up to the white house, man, it's just different, man. Cause you're not supposed to step foot there. Right. And to get close to it, especially now. Um, so to first be in, uh, the, the interview room, 
I, I'm messing it up. It's called something else where they where they do all the press. The, the briefing. Press, the, press the briefing, briefing room. room. Yeah. That was some weird stuff, bro. Because, like, we go in there and all the seats had name tags underneath the seats. And But it was empty when we got there. You know, all us NBA junkies were there at Riders. Thinking we're cool. We're there. We're sitting in all these seats. We're like, eh, you know. Huffington Post, they're not coming to this. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> man, they're just like that veteran reporter who knows when to show up at practice. Um, about five minutes before the thing started, all of a sudden about 50 people showed up talking about get get the hell out of our seats. Right. So we had to jump out, got out of their seat, and then like Steph came up, Kurt came up, which I, I found out that it's not really often that celebrities go to the press briefing room. And so they did their little thing. Uh, oh God, I'm a mess up. Um, so it was unusual to see. Uh, we're so not used to seeing coaches in suits anymore. It was unusual to see Steve I Kerr in a it. suit. I miss it. I, I was like, I haven't seen Steve Kerr in a suit yeah. in literally years. I forgot about that part. <laughs> and then so they did. They talked for about five minutes. They leave. But we're still in the room. Then the real world came back. They're asking about Biden, stuff that's happening around the world. It's starting to get yeah. tense. Press oh, secretary yeah. is going back at the reporters. Oh, yeah. She's picking who to ask questions to. I was like, man, I exited, bro. I exited. <laughs> like, I'm not here. I'm not here for, you know, There's a re- I'm not here for geopolitics. Why I cover sports. You know yeah. what I mean? And I slipped out the back door and kind of waited for about an hour uh, for the Warriors thing to start. And uh, shout out to Whitley Sandretto. She's a, um, she's going to get mad at me for telling this story. Uh, she's a radio reporter in the Bay area um, who came out uh, with, she's with uh KMBR. I'm sorry, 95, seven game. And so she had an escort pass, which means somebody had to escort it around. So that door where the press briefing was, the back door, there was a bathroom there, and she had to use the bathroom. So the door opened, and she tried to go through. This guard came out and started screaming at her. You need to get back. You need to get back. She's like, I'm just going to use the bathroom. You have to wait till an escort comes to use the bathroom. Oh, man. They don't mess around. I was around. like, dang. They don't mess around. I tell you, that's one place. They don't no. mess around. Uh-uh. And, <laughs> hey, and typically somebody would have stood up for. Nobody Not said then, a thing. Man. <laughs> nope. You hold it. <laughs> it was actually a big drain by that door. And I said, Whitley, if it gets too bad, just messing with her and everything. But she said she. So then we walk in um, to the East Room, which I, I did some research on it was interesting place um when jfk died that's where they put his body uh was in the in the east room and uh that's also where the civil rights act was signed um so it was it was a room that george well uh, washington helped develop and you're like walking in and you're thinking about like all the history that took place there man i'm a history buff and i'm like i mean there's been a thousand giant events in the east room i mean it's, yeah. the, it's the gathering room of the white house yeah I mean, dances recitals state dinners state dinner like 
that's that's what all I kept thinking about. And then I look in the back and I see two shorts. <laughs> I see E40 rapper Mr. Fab <laughs> <laughs> Sway, you know, and I'm like, okay, this is turned into a Bay Area event all of a sudden. Like all these uh Oakland rappers and hip hop guys start showing up, which was cool. Uh, San Francisco mayor, London breed. And then, so the event was, um, it was just cool. It was, it was standing room only. Obviously I didn't have a seat, but just to be a part of that was just like every second I was there, it was just amazing. Then it's like, uh, I didn't get that picture though, Brian, the podium picture. Yeah. Cause I think when we went to the press briefing room, we were so like nervous and like scared. Yeah, that was the time to do it. That the time to do it was when you first walked in there. Yeah. And, and I didn't realize that till later. You know, I didn't want to be that person that, you know what I mean? Right. But I should have did right. it. Um, but I did get a picture with Roy Wood um Jr., the comedian. Um, and we took the, talked about his hamburger chronicles, which you gotta see on YouTube, which is pretty funny. <laughs> so, but no, all in all, I got my White House picture. Uh, Biden was certainly interesting when he got on one knee. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, I don't uh, quite understand what was going on there, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the most interesting question too, you'll, you'll like this, Brian, and I'm, I think I'm going to mess with Steve from now on about it, is because it's not just sports reporters, obviously. There's, there's people trying to talk about what's going on in the world in the States. This guy looked at Steve Kurtigos. They were gang members that killed a family in Fresno, Steve. What are you going to do to stop gang members from killing people? <laughs> Jeez. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not downplaying it, but, you know, it's, it's yeah, a heck of no, a thing. No, I'm not downplaying it either. Like, who do you think he is, God? Like, how's he going to stop that? I mean, jeez. I'm going up to like Capitol it. Hill right now. Yeah, and and but Steve did. He did meet. You know, if there is a coach that's fighting against gun violence, it's Steve Kerr, and For he sure. and Clay Thompson and Moses Moody met with some congressmen um, in the White House about you know uh, gun violence and stuff like that. And everybody knows the story of his his father being murdered um, overseas. Um, but like, even Steve was like, "Whoa." <laughs> I'm just trying to enjoy my championship, man, man. I'm not trying to hear the, I can't come here to save the world. Well, one thing, I mean, this, I mean, there's very rarely any levity in the white house. Uh, but one thing I did notice as I was watching videos of it was there was quite a few like, um, you know, senators and congressmen who made part of their day to come get into that stuff. You can always tell who the sports fans are. Yeah. Um, Pelosi's uh, husband was there, which was interesting. He had a hat on. Do you know the story about what happened? Oh, uh, yeah, right? of course. Yeah, yeah of which course. was a, certainly a big deal in my neck of the woods. So, and like, like Kamala it. Harris, she told stories about, um, uh, you know, she's a Warriors fan and yeah. she told stories about going to games. She told one story about she was stuck in traffic. I don't, she was the attorney general of California. Yeah. And she, what was that story she told? She said she. I wonder where she got off, got out of the car. I, I will say it did. It train. did make me 
ask some continual questions, but I just decided yeah. not to analyze. I got to get to ask a follow up about it. I was like, okay, where was this at? And you know, San Francisco could have some horrible traffic just getting out yeah. of there. But you know what? On a Bart trade in the afternoon or early. Yeah. So evening. the story was she was in her official car or whatever, and she was trying to get to the game. I think she said it was a playoff game, right? I think that's what she yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. Which and, means it uh, might have been earlier. Might have been a five o'clock game, or I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, if it was finals, I don't know. It's yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't really want to the, analyze the story. There's probably, probably some holes <laughs> to the story, but it sounded good. Yeah, I mean, there's a long time. I don't know when she was she was um, Attorney General of California. There was a long time where the Warriors weren't making the playoffs, but okay. Yeah. If it happened in the last 10 years. And she said she got on a BART train. She she, she got tired of sitting in traffic, and so she jumped out of the car and got on a, a BART train to get there, which is a good way to go to a Warriors game. Um, yeah. I don't even ride. Or at Bart. least it was not anymore. <laughs> you heard me. I don't even ride Bart, Brian. I, well, just, here's the problem. You know what? I would if it was an emergency. But and she said her security detail probably was, was certainly nervous about it, which probably means it was in recent years. Yeah. Yeah. There certainly could have been an incident. Well, the thing about riding Bart, you know, for those of us who work the games is if you got there on Bart, you got you done go at the back. end of the night. Now you got to go back and you better get a cat. Yeah. Well, there, there were some late nights in Oakland. Um, yeah. You know, after the uh, Cavs won the 2016 title there, you know, I worked deep into the night and I came out to the, and my car was locked in a, was locked in a parking lot and I had a flight in like three hours. Uh, it was just locked in, you know. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, good luck what, what, after I, the war. I had to remember, like, what did I had that happen to me like once? I'm trying to remember what you had to do to get out. Well, I think you had to go on the opposite end or something like that. I won't moment. bore you with the details, but it, it took was a not, while. Uh, I won't bore you with the details. Okay. People don't want to hear that. They want to talk about the NBA. Um, so the but but know, to answer but to finish on that, yeah. I wish I could ask her. I, if I ever get a chance to meet her, I'm going to ask for details of that story. Yeah. She said the train was jam-packed with all the fans going to the game. They may not have recognized her. I mean, who knows? I don't, if she put I, on mean, a hat I don't know who the attorney general gear, of my she, state is. Yeah. I mean. I don't, I don't yeah. think she, this was a vice president thing because at that point, she, they were already in San Francisco. So. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, it's always a it's always a cool day, and it's a real memorable day. And you know, some of those um, Warriors guys have been there multiple times. But no, I one... a, well, no, it's only the second time. Oh, really? They only they missed it twice. Ah, uh, right. There was, was no was office for a while, right? So that's what also made it a big deal for them. Is right. You know, they, they there was two opportunities that they decided not to go. But but I will say this: um, going to back to basketball, that Washington win was much needed for him. Um, I still think that Wiggins isn't Wiggins yet, but I, I feel like Steph broke through uh, to go back to how he was looking before yeah, he, he had got 40, hurt. 41, right? Yeah. And then Draymond kind of woke up too. The, he, <laughs> he found these fans. I, I, I was actually walking behind the bench and Draymond screaming at these dudes, man. And he's like, Thanks for waking me up from this whack ass game. 
Thanks for waking <laughs> right. me up from this whack ass game. And I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? Right. And um Steph was saying, uh, like Draymond had like two threes in the fourth quarter, played great. Um, so he he was uh saying that uh he hopes that they bottle up these two great days. Um, you know, the way they played on Monday, these good vibes and take it on with them, but next is Boston. Right. Well, <laughs> so, so Draymond, so that game, so so first off, Bradley Beal is out. Yeah. And the Warriors are in, or the Wizards are in, I don't know if I want to say free fall, but they... You got to win that game. If you don't the win. Warriors, the, the Wizards have been, you know, they were impressive with their scrappiness early, and the injuries, particularly to Beal, have just devastated them, and they're just losing yeah. like crazy. That's a game the Warriors have to win. Yeah. Draymond said after the game that he just had no energy. Yeah. He wasn't into it at all. And that those guys, I think what Draymond said was one of the guys was saying that you'll never make the Hall of Fame. And I can't believe you ever said it. Yeah. And that fired him up. And, you know, apparently after the game or when the game was in hand, Bob Myers, who was sitting nearby, the, the team president, came down and like thanked the fans. And that Joe Lacob came over and offered to bring the fans with them to Boston. Yeah. And I know that they were joking, but I actually think that like they were no, probably quasi telling some truth. I mean, they were four and 17 on the road. Yeah. Whatever it took to get them a road. Win. Wait, yeah. They, I'm think were terribly genuine, uh, genuinely happy about it. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, I, I know after the game, um, they just seem to be a different vibe about them. You know, they, they've had some bad, you know, the, as bad as they've been on the road, they've had some really bad home losses lately too to some bad teams. Yeah. They, so even, even though that homestand was wasn't good, yeah. a no bill wizard, which who he was a scratch um, day of. And I, he, I, I hear he's going to play. I think they play New York next. I think he'll come back against New York. Um, I'm pretty confident of that, but they needed this. They needed this. And I, you ain't coming, you know, I, I do expect them to come ready against Boston or they're going to be embarrassed. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a really big game. I've thought that this could be a, this whole road trip. I felt like had a chance to be a good experience for them. And their next three games are Boston, Cleveland, and Brooklyn. Now Brooklyn yeah. is, wheezing they just lost now Kyrie's got a calf injury they lost Tuesday night in uh in San Antonio that's not good they're 0-3 since Durant got hurt um but I don't know about that but and now the Cavs don't have Donovan Mitchell he's got a groin issue he's not playing Wednesday night in Memphis so I don't know if I mean, he's going to be the Warriors should game. scratch out two or three wins off of this that could be I know season changing I agree because they're getting um, healthier um I think Kaminga will be back soon. Um, I think Wiseman will be back soon. So now, Brian, like the Warriors are getting healthy, but I don't know that I remember the season with this many injuries. We probably say this every year, but it does seem like a lot. I, I I can't explain it. I can't explain it because the player has never been more protected. There's never been more time off. The schedule. They've never has had better been, doctors. They've never had better. Right. I, you know, 
I'm not smart enough. I don't know the data enough to say anything, but how can you not pay attention to the, to just the difference? Forget about, I don't even want to hear about the eighties and nineties. Yeah. I'm talking about like 10, 15 years ago. I mean, yeah. that was our time. You know, I don't, you know, who knows what those guys were doing in the eighties and nineties. Okay. But you know, when I've been around the teams, um, it's just not something I've, I've seen. It's not something I've seen. Um, that said, I'm pretty convinced that a lot of these injuries are from overwork. Like, for example, Donovan Mitchell, the Cavs were playing him crazy heavy minutes. Yeah. And they had to. They, they were thin at guard. Uh, Darius Garland had gotten banged up. They played a whole bunch of overtime games, and he was just playing Rubio straight through. just coming back. Yeah. And so, like, Donovan was, like, top three in minutes for – for the first couple of months, he'd yeah. never played more minutes in his career than he was, than he was playing this year. So he's got this groin injury, which I don't think happened in the game the other night. I think he's been dealing with it for a while. And there's just so many minutes, like you, you're more susceptible to that. That is probably a fatigue related injury. So, um, and have you ever seen so many calf strains in the NBA? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have the injury data, but it just feels anecdotally. I can't believe how many players, are getting calf injuries. Yeah. Um, it's it like, it's, I, I don't, it, it seems, I don't know. I, it's not really the time or place for this. I, I do want to say this. So Draymond gave an interview to, to Kendra Andrews, our Kendra Andrews, where he Great talked interview. about, where he talked about last year, the trash talk in Boston affecting him at a, at a different level during the finals. Mm-hmm. Now I am not Draymond green. I didn't hear what he heard. Um, I, and he he basically said he was being called slurs repeatedly. Um, I I hope that Draymond. I mean, I, I'm a little bit. Draymond was awful early in that early in the finals, and as you remember, was benched down the stretch of a game, and even benched at a key point in Game Six, and then they brought him back and ended up working. Um, I, I hope he's not trying to slough off blame for the way he played. Having said that he basically, uh, you know, made a pretty strong accusation and I, it's very disappointing to hear, but he basically said that, that the trash talk in Boston, even this is a guy who thrives on trash talk, literally Monday night is thanking fans for trash talk, helping him. He is saying that the trash talk in Boston last year during the finals threw him off in a way that it took him out of his game. Um, and I mean, that's a, that's remarkable. I, I don't know what to make of that. And I don't know what those comments are going to do for him. Um, I hope it's, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I don't going to make it any easier, but. Well, I hope they're um, not saying, I mean, I believe anything I hear yeah. because I've seen fan behavior. Um, but that it's disappointing. Um, if that, if, you know, if, if, if Draymond felt that way. Yeah. No. And, um, you know, as you know, I covered the Celtics for two years. Yeah, you lived. I've been around Boston fans. You know, back then we used to get really good seats. Yeah. So my seats were um, right next to the bench, and but I was on the Celtics side. Yeah. So I never really would hear what they would say to the visiting team, right, or what people would say. Which is interesting because over on that side, 
there's more money. I mean, I'm a, close to the players. It's money people, people with money, right? There's yeah, yeah, the but, big expensive um, seats. Yeah, you know, I, I'll never forget um, uh, Lamar Odom being at the free throw line during the finals, 2010, and somebody chanting or the fans chanting "Ugly Sister" <laughs> because of the Kardashian he was dating at the time. By the way. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click Granger.com or just stop by. Haven't spoken to her in years, but Chloe was around Cleveland a little bit. Oh, yeah, she used to be there. All the time. That's, that's probably your home girl. You could probably text her right now. I'm not saying that we had long conversations, but you seem like a nice lady. I thought she was great. Yeah. And you know, I I get and, why and from she what wouldn't... I was told, and you could explain this better than me. There was not she didn't really like a lot of fuss around her when she was there. Well, yeah, I mean, like, this is too much information, but the in Cleveland, the way it used to be, the family room was in between the media room and the locker room. Yeah. And so we were, you know, these days that's not allowed, you know, they've moved it around and it's probably for the better, I guess. But like for, for many years, um, we got along just fine. It wasn't like we were going into the family room and going, what do you, does your son want to be traded? Uh, occasionally we would, um, I remember... <laughs> one night when the the Cavs decided they weren't picking up Shannon Brown's um, option for the next season. And it was like right at the first week of the season. Yeah. And his dad, <laughs> his dad was not happy and he let the Cavs front office have it. And sort of in the front of, I remember that, um, um, you know, but, you know, we would see the family members. Uh, we would sort of be in the same hallway with them. And uh, it used to be like that way in Golden State too right in Oakland it was kind of yeah. like nearby yeah um, it was like the locker room was the same place where you would go to the uh, uh the I think it was called the Mercedes lounge or something like yeah. that so oh, yeah. it, they changed that yeah they that was wild that. The, the, the 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 setup at Oracle was it was a little bit antiquated it did create that cool tunnel that Steph would make shots out of but yeah when once you went down that tunnel go ahead once you went down, just to tell you, people probably remember that tunnel. And so there was, yeah. you know, instead instead of there being like, um, you know, in the corners of the building um, in Oakland, there were they, there was just this one tunnel that would that went right to the locker room. But once you went back there, there was an intersection where if you went straight, that was the Warriors locker room. But that that intersection was like where all these fans were to go in 
these clubs and that, you know, that, um, that tunnel wasn't very wide and that wasn't very wide. And when they designed the building, they didn't think there'd be hundreds of fans yeah. coming. I mean, they probably designed where, where the BMW club, I think it was, yeah. was, which and it was, was popping this, in a BMW club, man. Yeah. It was, it was where you went after the game. It was, yeah. you know, where are you going to go in Oakland? You're in the middle of, you know, I well, mean, there's places Frank, to glow, but not over there. Not in East Oakland. Well, I just remember at the end years in Oakland, there was only one thing open. <laughs> the Chinese restaurant we used to go to. No, it was that gigantic marijuana emporium across this, across Hirschberger Road. That was open. But um uh See, anyway. You put me on something. I didn't I didn't know about this. Well, I didn't go there, but I certainly saw it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um uh the families in Cleveland, it was close to the media. And so like a couple of times I, I talked to Chloe and she seems, she's a very nice person. No, um, no. And, and yeah. so, but I, I thought that was pretty, look, I'm, I'm all for fans chanting and ref sucks and stuff like that. But I did think that was a little crossing the line, man. Like, uh, the, the I would chant, say so. Yeah. He, that mean, was like, come on, man. And, and, and Lamar was good about, kind of just brushing it off and moving on. Well, I, I just think in general, my view on fans is say anything you want about the game. Yeah. Personal, you know. Yeah. Which is, you just which don't is go what, there. like Steph even said about the fans on Monday in Washington, he said, you know, that's how it should be. That's how it should yeah. be. It was just good trash talk. And, and yeah. I remember when Washington, was it Ficker? Robin Ficker, they used to have the greatest, one of the greatest. They, yeah, they did a, uh, they did, I remember they did like ever. a Sports Illustrated piece about him. He sat yeah. right behind the Bullets bench. Uh, or the, no, the visiting team. The visiting team. There was a team. guy in Detroit, and there was uh, Mark Anthony Jones in, in Oakland, the three best I ever saw. And Robin Ficker, yeah. I don't know what, I, I think his name was Robin Ficker. He once like wrote, read the Jordan rules behind him. While Jordan was on the pitch, he was reading the book, like excerpts from the book. And it just, while Jordan was playing for the Bulls, and like it's, you could just see his teammates just die laughing, man, some of the stuff he was reading. You got to be crazy to trash talk Michael Jordan. You got to no, be he was, crazy. But he wasn't even trash talking. He was just reading this book. Right. <laughs> when I was a child, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, like I said, like, but, 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 but with Draymond, man, like, he's, he's pretty transparent, dude. Um, I, I know at Celtics games, people close, you typically have money, don't say much, but he, Draymond's not one to lie. You don't make that up. So something happened that wasn't right. No, I'm sh- I'm not saying he made it up. I'm and just saying I, I, I'm no, no, I, no. Know. I'm not either. What I'm yeah. saying is though that when they hate you in that place, there's gonna be some things said, and it, and it might have been got, in the tunnel. You know, yeah, I don't know. But for him to say like, "Hey, we're we're practicing in Washington, where we want to be there as little as possible." <laughs> well, that's for, probably for it to true. Brought, bother Draymond that much is, is telling. Like something happened. I agree. I, I, again, I question whether that was a real reason why he struggled, but if he says it is, what am I supposed to say? But, yeah. um, but, uh, he struggled extraordinarily in those finals to the point where 
I was I'm not I'm not saying he's some sharpshooter by any means because he's not, and I think he'd acknowledge that. But he affects the game in so many ways, and that's the first time I saw him rattle. Yeah, and you know he was doing his podcast at the time, which actually I don't care about. People are giving him crap about that. I don't care about it, but he was like sort of pouring himself out about it. I'm like, I'm not sure this is the best idea, but in the end, he contributed to them winning. Steve Kerr at the yeah. end did trust him. He he pulled back on the trust a little bit, you know, he to protect the team a little bit. There were other guys playing better, but in the end, he did put him back in the game, and it, yeah. he he made positive plays. Like, and you know, in the you know, he said it was a beautiful story to win in Boston. You know, very few teams in history, I think only a couple have ever clinched in Boston. You know, the Lakers did. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. Uh, and, and you know what I thought was interesting about, uh, the Warriors when, um, when they won the title last year, they had their party, their post-game party. They had it in the building. They didn't go anywhere else. (laughs) They were like, let's just keep it right here. They had a they had a space where they had their party in the building. You know, a lot of times, um, if you do it on the road, the Warriors, you know, won in Cleveland a few times. Um, you know, there's a there's a restaurant or something that they have set up. Yeah. This time they were like, no, no, we're just gonna stay right here. We're gonna stay in these four yeah. walls where we know everything's fine. Um, like Toronto, and, they celebrated at a restaurant in San Francisco, uh, which yeah. was after the last game in Oakland. I think it was Epic Steakhouse. I think they went there. Well, the Cavs like went to, flew to Vegas, if you remember. Yeah, uh, which was really like incredible. Yeah, that was next like the time. whole team went, or just the players. I mean, the team plane went to went to. I mean, who knows? I mean, but yeah, you know, they had like uh, whatever club it was. I think it was at the Win or Encore. I can't remember, but like all the workers and everything there were like all dressed up, ready for the party. Like they had prearranged it, obviously. You know, if they had lost, they just would have. But they all had T-shirts and everything. Like, uh-huh. they, like they they went all out. They, yeah. And it was, and that was a, a, an interesting story because that night, um, in the locker room, like it started spreading. You know, I never went into a locker room after all the finals I've covered because I don't really. I I think it's important for the cameras to go in yeah. there because the cameras to see, um, uh that's really great for the fans. The fans could live vicariously. And, you know, even the players want the footage of them celebrating. Yeah. So I'm totally fine with the cameras going and capturing the celebration. I don't like going in there as a media member because frankly, people who aren't really around the team all year, try to get in and celebrate with them and all that. Um, But that one time I went in and was Cleveland late, like late afterwards, trying to get quotes and stuff. Well, 2016 was such a special moment, and I knew I was going to write a book. <laughs> yeah. so I decided I was going to go in for that one. Um, but I, what I remember, number one, the you know it it became known like in they started telling you know obviously it was a secret they were going to Vegas, um, like the, like they started and this telling is a game each other seven too. Yeah, they've just won game Wasn't seven. Wasn't it a, a matinee kind of game? No, it was Sunday. Five o'clock. Five o'clock had to had to have been. Yeah, I, I know that when I got there, there was an A's game going on. I remember that. Um, but um, they started talking. First off, there were two things going on. I mean, other than like the smoking cigars and the champagne. One, they were looking at um, 
videos on social media of what was happening in downtown Cleveland. Um, they were, while people were watching um, the Cavs celebrate the fans, the, the Cavs were watching the fans celebrate. I'll always remember that they were, they were laughing at some of the stuff they were seeing. Secondly, when it was passing through the locker room that they were about to go to Vegas, the reaction was like pretty crazy because it's kind of a crazy oh, they didn't, thing. The players didn't know. They didn't know until after the game. You know, they didn't tell him before the game. Oh, okay, wow. we're going to cover Steph Curry on the pick and roll this way. And by the way, if we when we're going to make it, they didn't say. Oh, they just okay. planned it in secret. Um, that's, that's and they told him they told him after the game. Um, anyway, uh, I don't know what we got accomplished here today, Spears. But um, no, that's good. <laughs> a lot of good inside baseball stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the the thing about winning a championship is it's such a huge accomplishment. And I, and I know it's not like um, getting a breakthrough drug to treat cancer. I mean, just put the perspective aside here, but it's yeah. such a huge professional accomplishment. And, and, and winning it takes so many different things to go your way that even if you're a team like the Warriors, who have won it multiple times. I am a big believer in celebrating the hell out of it no and no question not only that night but celebrate it for months celebrate yeah. it for years i'm not saying that on a tuesday night you know in charlotte you should still be celebrating the previous june but it's so hard to do that it should be commemorated no and, and and i don't Warriors, think fans realize how hard it is like it's 30 teams and not only do you have to be great, but you have to be healthy and you got to be lucky. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Playoffs itself, just that two months of the playoffs. Gotta be the the, longest in sports, right? It's such a physical, emotional, and mental. I mean, like when we do it, we are not playing one lick. It is completely exhausting for us to cover a playoff run. Oh, yeah. We are done with a playoff run. We collapsed. Um, I had some like, um, not not pneumonia, but some what's what's another thing that like bronchitis after the Celtics won in two thousand eight. They had played like yeah. twenty seven road games, and they went to Europe before the. Season. Oh, that was yeah, Italy and Rome. Yeah, I mean, uh, Rome and England, London. Um, 
And so I think I saw like over a hundred games. Yeah. Like, and I was, I was. Well, remember the first two rounds, they went seven games in the first two rounds. That year was hardly, was hardly a smooth playoff sale. Right. And and we're not on, not, not making, you know, crying like a baby for us journalists, but you know, we, uh, we're not flying with the team. (laughs) Right. I don't think people understand that. People are like, you don't fly with the team. Hell no. No, I think the Um, 80s. When they used to do that all the time. I know that was a different, that was a completely different time. Um, so I'm just saying, like, what once you do that accomplishment, like savor it forever, savor it the entire summer. Uh, because you know, and I've even told this to, you know, not that I should be doling out advice, but you know, because I've seen teams that don't enjoy it and then it's a mistake. And um, I've even sort of sort of told teams have won it. People on teams like enjoy this. Yeah, no you know, question. don't have a don't have a a draft meeting in three days because teams do do that. You know, um, I mean, another cool thing too is, um, and, and I always talk about as a journalist, man. Like Brian, we're like so blessed to cover. I always say, somebody says, "Oh, are you tired?" and blah blah blah. I'm like, I cover basketball for a living, man. Right. Like we yeah. write about basketball for a living. Like, yeah, you, you were able to leave when they were asking questions about the Ukraine, about supplying yeah. arms to the Ukraine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, trust me. Um, and, and we, uh, so the reason why I say that is I think for a lot of young kids, they got to realize there's so many jobs in sports. You can work for the Warriors without playing for the Warriors. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. So the Warriors, and you know this, Brian, same thing happened with Cavs and all the teams. When a team wins, it's not just the players that get rings. Oh, it's yeah. all There's their employees that rings, get rings. I mean, rings. they don't get yeah, the yeah. same one as the players. Doesn't they get matter. a ring, too. So, yeah. like, so even the employees get to feel like champions. You know? I don't know any other job that you could have where you could get a championship ring than if you work for a team or you work for a school. Right, that that wins wins everything. Um, like I'm sure the University of Georgia's staff gets the ring too, right? You know. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, my first year as a full time sports writer, I was just thinking about this a couple of weeks ago when Demar Hamlin uh, went down. My fourth or fifth week, Friday night football, a player. Uh, a 15 year old uh, young man. I still remember his name, Joshua Miller uh, collapsed and died on the field. And I went to the hospital and put on my news writing hat. And I can still, to this day, I mean, this was in, this was 20 years ago, 24 years ago. And I can still remember to this day being in the, uh, the ER and being with the coach and the other players and the, mm. and everything like that. It's a terrible, terrible memory. And it was an awful, awful event, not to bring everything down, but it was, and I just, I, I knew, you know, I covered the story that night and everything. And I just knew that like, not that, not that I was, I had a desire ever, but I knew that night I was like, I'm not doing this. No, this isn't what my life was going to be. And the people who do do it, um, uh, completely different discipline. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, yesterday there's a lot of stuff that happens politically in Washington and at the white house that is very intense, but yesterday, yeah, no, that's why I was, went out of that room. Man. Yesterday was I, not I, that day. I will, I will say this real quick. 
your story was bless his soul, the kid passing away. Um, life cut short. I covered the space shuttle blowing up. You did? So when I was covering the Nuggets. Oh, the one, um, the, the one that was coming, not, not the Texas. one in the 80s, the second one that was the coming. The second in. one. So yeah. I remember I got a call from my sports editor in Dallas to cover a Warriors-Mavs uh, game. And he's like, uh, hey, he calls me at 7.30 in the morning, tells me to turn on the TV, and I see this space shuttle stuff. And he goes, um, I said, wow, is it the anniversary today? It's, I think it's late January. And he goes, no, it happened again yeah. over Texas. And I was like, oh, shoot, I'm not I'm not covering a basketball game today, man. And yeah. I went we're with bringing, my we're, we're bringing uncle. down the pot at the end here, man. Oh, yeah, man. I'm sorry. I went with my uncle, God rest his soul. Uh, Joe Armand Squeak, we call him Squeak, and we drove from Dallas to Nacogdoches, Texas. Oh man! And and I had to cover the space shuttle. Yeah, yeah. Well, yesterday was a better day. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, that was one of the the <laughs> yeah. cool days where you know it's funny. Like I I sometimes wonder, man, we get to do so many cool things. And we have so many stories, man. And I don't think people really ask us enough. <laughs> I think our friends are jaded by us. They don't. They don't ask us enough, you know. Well, uh, we'll see if this is a, a unifying little thing for the Warriors. Um, they need it. I do think it's the time for them to go. Um, they're not, uh, you know, if they want to come back there next year. It's it you know they need to start going and so these next three games Ooh, the whole West it's weird. West yeah. is a weird well, place. The, we were we're out of time, but we were going to talk about the Clippers. But the Clippers are now five hundred and they play, I think, nine of their next ten on the road. So you know the Lakers are still hovering there, and that's because they're looking at teams around them that are still taking losses. So um, there are still people in the league who honestly believe that the the you know that the lakers could 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 still make the playoffs straight out not through the play-in i believe it that the warriors the the is, are still the team to beat in the west and the reason they're saying that is because not just because of those teams but they're also looking around meanwhile i know memphis is beating their chest they're like what are you crazy they're going for a team record 11 straight win tonight yeah. And they're number one defense in the league. And they're, they're like, everybody who keeps saying the West isn't uh, is soft, you know, take that. Denver, Denver's defense the last 10, 12 games has been top 10. But you know what, They're Brian, getting better. And, and this is said respect to, respectively to Denver and Memphis. But you got to do it first before we're going to believe it. That's, that's the whole, that's, that's the whole it thing. Sounds good. Regular season sounds yeah. good. Get to that finals and then. You know what I mean? Like until I see well, them do it, like if if everybody's healthy, do you think they'd beat the Warriors in the seven game series? I know how Ja and Desbane. I know and, how they feel. Uh, Dylan and, Brooks. And I respect them and, and Jaron Jackson. And they feel they've pumped their chest, but you got to do it still. And when they yeah, do well, it, that's and that's I, what we and, watch and for. They got the talent to do it, but with Denver and Memphis, they both had the talent. I need to see them do it. Maybe you'll be at the White House with the with the uh, Grizzlies next year, or the Nuggets. All right, thanks Spears. Thanks for your time. Very Safe possible. travels. Thank you to Jackson, our producer, for getting up early. Um, we'll uh, be Jackson back talking. At? 
He's in Connecticut. He's in Connecticut. He he's in up, Bristol. Bro. Man, stop. <laughs> Come on. It's not Pat Jackson on the on the back for that. You know, Jackson. Jackson's in Hawaii. He got up at three a.m. He's doing a great job. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening to Collective. We'll talk to you with the Tims on Friday.